Welcome into the Sports Buffoons Podcast. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls out there? Welcome back into another show of the Sports Buffoons. If you're following along with us here on uh, YouTube, uh, you can see I'm sitting down today, which is very awkward. Normally, I'm standing up. I feel better when I stand up, but we're missing Jason JG, so I'm taking his place over here in the chair. Tanner Dawson's here with me. How's it going, my man? What's going on, guys? How is everybody? I mean, I hope they're doing well. They need to, you know, All like, right. comment, subscribe. I mean, then they can really let us know what they think of us, because uh, we've had some That'd haters out there in the past <laughs> on some of our YouTube comments I've seen. I mean, what the heck is going on out here? Hey, but, I'll take the haters. That means they're paying attention. Well, I mean, they got they have a reason to hate. I mean, because here's what I do. If, if I don't like someone's show or podcast or, you know, YouTube channel, I literally just don't say anything and I leave and never go back. But I'm like, if you're willing to, like, stay and hang out and, like, leave a comment, like, cool. Obviously, oh, you do. <laughs> obviously, like, it's something that was said or done in the, the show was, like, it got to you bad enough to where you felt like you needed to leave a comment. So thank you, guys. And by the way, it, it is at Sports Buffoons on our Twitter handle. Instagram and YouTube, and then anything else? We have we have other ones as well, of course. I mean, we got we're not live streaming right now, guys. We are taking a pause on that, so I apologize if you look forward to our Wednesdays. We'll come back. Uh, it'll be back. We're working out some technical issues. We decided this is just a best, better route right now. But you can find us on our all our podcasts on Thursday morning, all the major podcast sites: Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google, etc., etc., and then also watch us up on YouTube as well. We'll always have that updated as well. So uh, more than happy for you guys to join in, comment. You know, we'll reply right away as well. So uh, just keep an eye out as things kind of change out of the live stream for a minute. Yeah, we're going to be hitting on a lot of uh, Chiefs and NFL topics today with Jason being out, obviously our NBA expert. Uh, in that case, we might as well fill it in with some football talk, but <laughs> we are going to talk a little bit of Royals as well. But first, I need to talk about something that sucks even more. The thing that sucks even more than the Royals right now is the goddamn crypto market. I mean, what the hell is going on in the crypto sphere out there? I mean, uh, we, you know, everyone's running around for weeks on end talking about Doge this, Doge that. You know, the Bitcoin's the king. Bitcoin's the, uh, you know, the crypto gold, basically, and all this kind of stuff. Elon Musk, you, you let this guy go out there and send off a couple tweets, and all of a sudden we're going to freak the fuck out and start <laughs> crashing the market. Ethereum is, is Ethereum was at $4,000 for a share. It's down to 2200 right now. Doge is down to $0.31, cents, and it was at $0.70 cents at one point. Yeah, yeah. What is going on? Like, I, this is I, amazing, Terry. What do you think I, of this crypto crap? I, I think it's just... The, the wave we're going through right now, um, they weren't people weren't happy with Elon Musk, so they're they're putting it to the people, they're putting it to Elon, and they're saying, hey, we actually control this market, the big the whales, right, the big guys. They're like, you don't control anything, I, it's ours, and we're gonna show you, we're gonna prove it, and you're gonna see how many people bow out, right? And now is the time, as you see on Twitter all the time, for our Doge people, hold, baby, hold and hold. Yes, you're gonna be in the negatives. It's all right. Buy in the dips. Buy it now while it's still low and just watch the scene soar. I think we'll be fine, guys. Go ahead. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, obviously, and actually, I think you're right about that. I think that maybe the whales are trying to show their power, even though we all know Elon's the true whale. He's uh, he's going to eventually be hey, a trillionaire. Hey, you stay patient. Stay patient, right? Elon, mm -hmm. uh, I believe it was last week, 
he after our show, he was actually working with the Doge uh, software guys, and they're actually working on trying to make this easier to uh, transfer into currency. So possibly Tesla, or t- yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Tesla, yeah. yeah, potentially that that could potentially be that could be. An, I mean, I heard I see keep seeing Amazon hashtags go up, but I think that's a long ways away. Yeah. But the fact that they're trying to work on uh, to make this thing easier to be able to put into play like that, I think it's a huge win right there. There was if a little rumor actually, Tanner. I don't even think I I told you this or not, but uh, one of the um, Dogecoin developers actually has been working with Elon Musk since mm-hmm. 2019, mm-hmm. actually. So. Elon's actually liked Dogecoin a lot for a long time. This is nothing new to him whatsoever. He's a fanboy of this whole thing, and I think you know if he wants it to be successful, it will. But you know, I'm not even concerned about Doge right now. I'm not concerned about Doge in particular. We, obviously, we like Dogecoin. We think it's going to have a potential future here in the world uh, as a cryptocurrency, as a basically your average human's form of online payment. I think it could be coming towards you sometime in the next few years. But like the whole thing, like. I mean, all the other ones, you guys, you guys had stock or whatever in XRP or Polkadot or Bitcoin Cash or Chainlink. They're all down over 40% right now. I mean, that's insane to think about. But um, I don't know. I, I, I think that it's not. It's just a matter of time. And if and really, this is a great time to buy. If you have money to, to use towards this or to, to, to buy in uh, with it being the market being down like this, because this will swing back around. It's a matter of time. It's a matter of can you be patient and hold on and... It's going to be okay. It's going to all turn around. And, you know, it might take two years to really see a great profit on your investments. But, um, you know, that's why they're investments. That's why it's not a get-rich-quick scheme. Like I told you guys a month ago about the Doge. <laughs> Never was a get-rich-quick scheme. It's all about thinking about long-term. Patience, Sticking guys. with it. Patience. And eventually when that Ethereum sits, or Cordano even, you know, went down to a dollar today. We have 99 cents today. And Cardano eventually is going to be mm-hmm. close to the same market cap as Ethereum, which means Cardano is going to probably go up at least six times its current market cap. So if you were to get into Cardano now, which is going to be a very friendly uh, uh, crypto to be involved with, you're going to see great returns on that investment over time without a doubt. It'll be matching close to the returns you get with Ethereum in the next probably year. In the words, in the wise words of Yoda patience you must have so patience you must have we'll get over it we just needed to rant for a minute because we, <laughs> we woke up this morning actually we were up last night and we were up last, it was like yeah. midnight and we, i look at my robin hood account which i i know it's 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 garbage we should all be using something different but uh it was it was getting ugly early on went to bed woke up again checked it again and i woke up and i said holy bleep you know, I guess I already said fuck. So holy fuck, um, you know, and it was like, damn, that was crazy. Like to see it do that, uh, that quick and just drop. And it like it, eight a.m. It, it did get up to forty cents today, and then now we're at thirty-one. Yeah, it's so. sitting at thirty-one cents at the moment. I hope by the time you guys on YouTube uh, or even Spotify in the morning listen to this, uh, I hope that these numbers we're telling you have all been flipped around because that would be awesome for me to just be ranting and then and next then thing we know it's up. all going going the right way for us. I think. We'll just have to wait, wait it out, and uh, things will come along. But uh, most importantly, you guys, obviously, as you guys know, we are based out of Overland Park or Lenexa, Johnson County, Kansas. And, you know, we need to talk some Royals because it is still Royal season. Yes. It's, they're 19 and 22 is their current record. It is raining at the moment while we sit here. 
and the game could be rained out, but I think right now it's going to be fine. Uh, they're leading at the moment 2-1. to one. No, it's 2-2. Two, two. Never mind, it's 2-2. Two, two. That's not a surprise, though. Just blew a run here. So. But here's the thing. The Royals obviously had a great beginning of the season, looked like the true spring training team that we saw early on, and then over the past you know, two weeks, it got ugly fast. I mean, they had losing, I think, 11 games in a row. Is that yeah, right, Tanner? that was rough, yep. 11 games in a row. Um, I, and a lot of it, to me, it comes down to pitching, as I always feared all along was pitching going into the year. Uh, we did have a couple guys in the batting lineup who've really shot the bed. Uh, all three, Hunter Dozier went on a streak at one point where I think he was over 30 or somewhere around right there. Around that, yep. um, he's only got 16 hits on the entire season out of 115 at-bats. That's not good, guys. That's just not good whatsoever. Uh, long to go with, you know, 37 strikeouts. So, uh, Whit Merrifield also not playing up to his potential at the moment. Yep. Even though we all love Whit, we all know Whit is a great, great player, and I think that those numbers will switch over as time goes on. Uh, good news is guys like Andrew Benintendi have been playing great lately. So he's, you know, a guy that started off cold, now has gotten hot to where he's actually picking up the game or, you know, getting getting more involved with the team. And, you know, obviously we're, we're missing guys like Solaire, who was a big, big pop to the order, you know, normally batting around fourth, mm-hmm. and he's only got three bombs on the season. So that's not a good thing either. But but no, to it's me it's all about start. pitching. Tanner, is there is there anything we can, you know, look forward to as the remainder of the season rolls on? Because we're a quarter of the way through now, and I'm getting scared. All right, look, the Royals are actually doing – they're making moves. They're doing stuff, right? Um, so I'll just give you a brief rundown real quick. Since last week we talked – the Royals' last five games, we are three and two. That's a positive. That's a winning record. Okay, we uh, that includes a two zero shutout yesterday, Tuesday versus Milwaukee, uh, and that was uh, thanks to Chris Bubik, who is our new fifth fifth man starter. Right, so Chris did struggle out of the bullpen throughout May, uh, for most of May, with almost as many walks as K's. It was not pretty, but the guy took advantage of his first start of the season yesterday, and he was very impressive. Uh, he had six innings, no runs allowed, two walks, four K's, and he kept the Royals as or kept the uh, Milwaukee exactly where they needed to be, and that was at the zero breaker. So thanks to that and his efforts there, we got there, and hopefully I expect a strong June for him as well as he continues on to carry that fifth start uh, as being the fifth starter. So I'm excited for him. Uh, and then just so you as well know, the last five games, that also includes a killer win. So we are 3-4 and four in the season, even though he just gave up a bomb to Jackie Bradley Jr. to make it 2-2 today. Uh, we'll be all right. Uh, recently activated, we got Kyle Zimmer back from the IL, so he has good bullpen support as well for that. We got another solid, or another solid guy back. Uh, Alberto Mondesi, who we've been missing uh, all season long, uh, is sent to the AAA for rehab assignment. That means he just got done with AA. He is on his way. I would expect to see his action start in June, and that's going to be a great relief in the batting to get rid of Nicky Lopez. For Seems like that sake. injury took way longer than it should have, Tanner. No, I, sometimes those injuries are, are fluky, right? It can take certain players certain time. And he needs and to stay guy, healthy, too. A guy forward. with an injury past, you can't rush stuff, right? A guy yeah. that's always injured some part of the season. You just can't rush it. So I think that injury is fine. I think the way we're doing it is exactly how we should do it. Let's monitor it. Let's be patient with it. And when hopefully by June we can see start seeing Albert, Alberto Montesi instead of Nicky Lopez in that lineup. Because Lord we knows we need it. Um, 
bad news, Danny Duffy is out, guys, possibly for a while. So we'll know in the next five days. To Maybe after for the rest. whole season, correct? Possibly. It all depends how he feels. So they're going to reevaluate in five days, see what he does. Basically, it's a forearm injury. Is it not his luck, though, just have the, his best start he, to his career ever and then the guy, get injured like that? Like, that just seems like something it, that would happen it, to him. It's a royal, dude. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's a royal, too. It's a royal thing. Good point. Good point. And it sucks for Duffy because the guy, he changed his number to Jordano Matura's number. And he, yeah, like Mike said, he was a great start right off the bat. You know, probably our ace, if not, you could argue on that. Um, he's been the best so far. Yep. So he's gonna be hurting. That's a that's a hurt. That's a hurt in the pitching lineup as well. So hopefully it's not a huge deal. He didn't. Uh, you said it was on the brighter side of the injury. Uh, so luckily no potential Tommy John or anything at the moment. Uh, but it does not seem serious. So I don't anticipate a year injury. But I could see him sitting out till maybe after after the All Star break in July. Um, so we'll have to see what happens here in about five days. Uh, we'll, we'll know more then. Um, basically it's a forearm injury. He couldn't really get loose. He felt it. He tried playing through it. It just wasn't going to happen. And, you know, with a guy like him who does have an injury history as well, uh, I think he did the right thing. Like, Hey, called it out and let's, let's tackle it now. And maybe we can have it for the second half of the season. So, uh, we'll see exactly what happens there. Yeah, yeah, playing the Brewers, Tanner, real quick. Did you notice Lorenzo Cain came back? And, eh. you know, the fans, obviously, it gave him a good Great standing ovation. Salvi, you know, Salvi and uh, Whit Merrifield went out. You know, Salvi gave him his big hug and everything. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it gave him a hard time. So, Lokan, his career here was obviously very successful. Yes. Um, but yes. I still remember going to a Royals game. I think it was the first year they traded for Lorenzo. I think it might have been 2012, 2013, somewhere around there. And just being really excited and, you know, telling my ex at the time, like, just, I was just excited to see him play, basically. That's all I cared about was mm-hmm. checking out Lorenzo Cain. And, you know, he ended up obviously being a very clutch hitter when it came down to things as the Royals progressed and matured as a team. And it seems like, you know, he was part of that whole foundation of what became a World Series champion. He, he was definitely part of the core, I think, for the Royals, for that for that World Series team alone. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the whole thing, I love the way that they all grew up together in a way. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. you had, you know, Hosmer and Mike Mustakas and those guys. But, you know, we got Escobar at the same time we got Kane, I believe. Yeah, who's in the minor leagues. And for Wade us, Davis actually. came along in that same exact time period, too. So yep, yep. all those guys were involved together to come up at the same time. It was amazing moves back then. Yeah, it's it's. It's going to be interesting to see how the future looks, right, for the Royals. Maybe we can get something similar to that with some of these young guys we got coming up as well. Yeah. Well, so, what else you got for me for Royals, Tanner? Well, I I want to tell you what to expect coming up within this next week, okay? So we got a couple important series coming up because we got to get back on the brighter side of things. Hopefully we can finish this out, this Milwaukee series out today with a sweep, two-game sweep. That'd be great. Uh, and then we'll head head into Detroit. Now Detroit yesterday, I believe it was yesterday or Monday, uh, recently had pitch, pitcher Spencer Turnbull complete a no hitter against the Seattle Mariners, and that was the same Seattle Mariners that also had another no hitter thrown against them against the Baltimore Orioles. So Seattle Mariners are having a rough year on the, <laughs> a rough hitting year in the major leagues. None to say. Uh, but they, uh, Detroit also has been really great lately, and they swept KC about a week ago as well. So I expect the Royals, now, th- now that we're 3-2, and two, hopefully 4-2, and two, uh, going in after this game today, 
Uh, we'll have a little bit more of a tourney moment, and I think we're going to win the series out in Detroit. I think we're going to come back and beat the bad teams that we're supposed to beat. Um, and so I, I anticipate we'll have some life again after that series. Now, the issue isn't them. The issue comes with Tampa Bay. So we go to Tampa Bay going into our next show as well. Uh, be about the second game for next Wednesday. Uh, Mike Zuzino actually just hit two of the five deaners for Tampa on Tuesday versus the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, they are Tampa is five and zero going into Wednesday with a series sweep of the Mets recently. I expect KC to struggle once again versus Tampa. It's they're a great team. I think they are definitely going to be playoff bound uh, when it comes time, and it's going to be another ugly series, guys. So. Hopefully we can minimize damage against that series and, you know, get back to some kind of middle ground. But I'm not holding my breath on this one. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's still a long season to go. So mm-hmm. um, I know, obviously, I was a believer in the beginning of the year. Uh, and then this, this streak of losses really tampered my, tempered my expectations to where um, I, do no, I do not any longer see them as a playoff team like I did early on just because I don't believe in the pitching enough to be sustainable throughout the entire season. So um, I'm hoping that over time, you know, maybe things can change and, you know, they can get to, you know, 84, 85 wins and be in, in the mix at least to get a potential wild card spot. That'd be pretty cool at least. If we if we continue to just win, get back to winning series, now, I'm not saying sweep series, just winning the series, we'll get back in that contention. And I feel pretty confident, uh, hopefully in July after the All-Star break, we'll know exactly where we sit and kind of exactly the projected path, unlike Doge in the crypto world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know what you're, I know what you're saying. Here's the thing, Tanner. I'm, I'm tired of talking about crappy subjects now because we open the show, we talk about crypto and what a crap show that is. We talk about the crappy royals. I'm ready to talk about things that are successful. You want to talk and about happy things? I want to talk about happy things, things that, you know, when I wake up in the morning, that's the reason why I have my... My morning, my morning wood, you know, honestly, well, that's one of those, obviously, there's, you know. There's only one way to get morning wood in the middle of June, or in the middle of May, at the end of May. You I mean, know yeah, what way I mean, is that? What? Uh, you're talking about Chiefs minicamps? I'm talking about Chiefs minicamps or stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's that's probably going to give me a little bit of wood in the morning and give me a little pep in my steps, just thinking about that alone. You know, we're, we're sitting here towards the end of May now. Uh, you understand, Tanner, uh, our, our training camp opens at the end of July. Yeah, yeah. We are two months away from football beginning again. You know, it's cool being a fan of a successful team like the Chiefs because football season lasts longer now. You know, if if you're a fan of of uh, the Raiders, for instance, or you know, if you're if you're a fan of the Bengals, you're used to football season ending basically. I mean, essentially November, but Correct. you know, in real life. December, end of December, yeah. basically, is when your, the your first season's of January, done. Essentially your, your Whereas a, as a Chiefs fan these days, I mean, our seasons don't end anymore until late January or early February. So we get an extra, uh, you know, month, month and a half on our schedule. Yeah, and then on, you so. have the draft, then you got a rookie mini camps and all this happening, and then you own the mm-hmm. training camp. There's not really a, much of a break. Or oh, free agency, right? Mm-hmm. Free agency. Of course, yeah, free agency is in March so normally. There's there's not much of a break, and the NFL does it right the way they space stuff out. So. No, they know what they're doing. The NFL knows what they're doing. They do it on purpose, too. So that way they're always in the news. That's um, right. But as I said, the Chiefs did have a, a rookie mini camp uh, over the past week. And uh, as of actually yesterday, we got to see a little bit of everybody. Uh, mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey was involved. The, all, the, all the starters were there. It was phase two of the, o- o- the OPAs, actually. Um, getting back in, you know, basically doing some weigh-ins, I'm sure, 
seeing who's in shape, who's out of shape, because we have some guys right now. Uh, they're looking a little flabby. Uh, we've got a few guys looking a little flabby. Lucas Niang? Well, Luca, Lucas Niang <laughs> has a flabby figure anyway. Or the Chiefs, Look, the, guy's the central a rookie guy. that didn't play last year due to COVID. But, yeah, I mean, you know. but he did break out. He said, I think he said four times a week. He might have got a hold of a little bit of Casey barbecue during the time off. It's very possible. Ask uh, Derek Nottie and Chris Jones, right? So, but essentially, you're looking at Lucas Niang. He's still quick. He's still very flexible. And the guy is going to be a threat on the field. I have no worries about his weight because he's going to hit training camp. He's already working out with the Chiefs. And you know that training staff right now, that strength team as well. They're going to take care of business with him. And he'll put the effort into it. Yeah, I'm not concerned right now sitting here in May about everyone's physiques. I mean, uh, these guys obviously have the best nutritionists and the best trainers in essentially the entire world. Um, but so, you know, obviously, it was, it was kind of interesting looking through some of the pictures. Even Travis Kelsey is looking a little, like, skinny fat almost. I, I, know, I shouldn't say that about Travis because, you know, the guy's a, a great shape. But <laughs> he's a beast, I think man. that, you know, maybe he's been having a few extra Budweiser's with Patrick Mahomes <laughs> along the way. But, you know, I'm obviously not going to hate on the guys because uh, they should be going out, enjoying their offseason, doing whatever they want to do. But, yeah, I heard a little bit of rumors about Lucas Nying, obviously. People yeah. talking about that yeah. being an issue. I actually compare his body more to like Willie Rofe. I think they have similar figures. I, I, that's, yes. Willie, Willie Rofe has, um, you know, somewhat of a narrow, narrow waist actually, but narrow legs. Like his legs are not fat at all. He's got actually very toned thighs and calves and all that. But his upper body, from his midsection to his neck, is just thick and just broad. And Lucas Nying has the exact same figure. And actually, I was, I, I don't know if you guys are out there, a part of Chiefs Planet. But uh, on Chiefs Planet, I posted a picture of them side by side, and you can kind of compare that way as far as uh, their figures, and they look identical as far as the way that their body is shaped. And that's, you know, a lot of that's genetic. You know, that's just genetic. That's just the way that their bodies were made to be as they got older. Hey, I'll take the same gameplay, too. Oh, that would be, that would be amazing. I, I, I'd take that We haven't that seen day. Lucas Nying yet on the field. Uh, Lucas Nying obviously is, uh, you know, yet to be determined uh, how important he's going to be for this team. I mean, this guy, we've been talking about him for now in the last year, year and a mm-hmm. half. Um, but, you know, we all have high hopes. But then again, this is a guy that didn't see the field last year at all. He's been working out throughout the offseason. Um, but this will be his first year in a Chiefs uniform when the time rolls around come September. So I'm hoping it works out. But then again, the thing is, Tanner, the Chiefs offensive line is loaded right now with all kinds of potential, oh, all kinds Lord. of guys that should step in right away and start and – It'd be cool if Nine could start right away because that means he's doing his job and obviously training camp and the coaches are impressed. But I don't really know if I would say that that would be my number one pick to be starting right away. I think Nine should be a you know backup right tackle, backup right guard, something along those lines to begin because you know injuries do happen. It's very rare you get an offensive line like we talked about with the 02 to 05 chiefs of a line that played like three years in a row together almost never missed a snap because all of them were healthy for you know consistently for almost three yep. years straight those guys never got injured will shields played every freaking game willie rofe almost every freaking game casey wegman every game all those guys together were amazing um but as of right now if i had to really put together the chiefs offensive line now that we're talking about it obviously you gotta you gotta think about orlando brown jr is your left tackle joe yep. tooney's your left guard yep and then here's where we get a little iffy, Tanner, because I think this is very debatable. Um, I personally 
think I want to see Creed Humphrey to be the starting center for the team, uh, the rookie out of Oklahoma, who has not given up a sack in, I think, all three years of starting. And uh, I just I would love to see him to step in day one as a guy who has clearly proven himself and uh, been a mature leader on the field and someone who even Orlando Brown Jr. recommended to the team at the time as an option that the Chiefs would be looking into. So uh, what do you think? Is Austin Blythe the better option at center, or should we go with Creed Humphrey? No, so Brett Veach was talking um, actually I think a week ago uh, and they were talking about Blythe and creating everything. And during uh, Blythe's uh, part that he was talking about Blythe, he mentioned the word depth right away. Depth. And that's exactly why they brought in Blythe. It's for depth. I think Creed gets a start. Uh, everybody's already raving that he already looks like a day one starter. Uh, <laughs> they even compared him similar to Rod, uh, Rodney Hudson mm-hmm. when we brought him he in. Didn't he didn't start day one with us. But Mitch Morse did though. Mitch Morse did. So I like Chiefs know how to develop centers quickly. And I think Creed Humphrey is gonna be one of those guys that definitely start at center. Uh and he's gonna be really big help because I think the I think we go back to a power run game and maybe less of a gunslinger game. Do you think that maybe Andy Reid pulls more away from the misdirection style? Because that's always been his forte as far as play calling goes is misdirection you know obviously lots of play action type misdirection yeah you know trickery here and there and even coaches in the past have made comments about the style the chiefs run but i don't give a damn what you think out there we're beating no. your ass regardless we can do if trickery works and trickery works get the fuck over it it's the nfl um but you know i think the chiefs have a point here or you have a point about the chiefs i should say because i think that the way this offensive line is built now it's a bunch of mean nasty maulers Guys, it'll yeah. run your ass over. So, so we want you want to talk about Morning Wood, right, and everything. Like Andy Reid wakes up with Morning Wood because he's like, "Look at my freaking line. I, they're going to protect Patrick Mahomes, and I'm going to be able to run the game. And it doesn't matter if it's Trey Smith. It doesn't matter if it's the Doctor, Kyle Lawn, Joe Thunny. It doesn't matter who's in that spot. The fact that I got these big guys and that they're going to push people around." So uh, that's the whole point I'd be excited about is knowing that so much so much you could do with this offensive line that we did not have in the past with Andy Reid. And mm-hmm. the fact that, that we're so excited about this offensive line, especially after last year, that there is so much that could happen. Like there's so much with the rookies, Niane, Kyle Long coming back. Like these guys are healthy. The thing is these guys are healthy. They A lot of these guys didn't play last year on our line. So now we got healthy guys. We got experienced guys, and we got guys that win. Yeah, like, that's is that's. I love the chemistry. I love exactly what we're putting together on that line, and I think I don't know. It's just going to be a total difference maker, and I think it's going to open up Andy Andy Reid playbook even more. And he might put some of those uh, surprise surprises in his pocket, and only use them, you know, maybe late in the year. I mean, depth is the main thing. Like whenever we talk about depth now, because I've always had a problem with that. Ever since Andy Reid came to Kansas City, the Chiefs' offensive line has not had depth. Have we had good offensive lines? Yes, absolutely. Uh, There's been moments where the Chiefs' offensive line with Andy Reid was great. But But one goes down. Exactly. One go down. All five of them might have been good starters, but if one of them went down, you had the garbage man coming in to replace him, and that was going to be a problem. Yes. And especially back in the day when you had guys like Alex Smith, the quarterback, uh, he needed all the protection he can get. You know, that was a guy who – was a sack taker. Oh, he would run boy. into sacks. You know, he wasn't. He was. He didn't have great pocket awareness. He's got to run within the system, 
of the play calling, where luckily at least Mahomes gives every play a fighting chance because he does have great pocket awareness and he's able to see things develop before they actually happen to him as far as when it comes to pass rush. Um, so going on to right guard, Tanner, now that we both clarified we both like Creed Humphrey as center, um, I, I think that, honestly, we have Duvernay, Larry Duvernay-Tardif coming back. Correct. And being after being away, the doctor. The doctor. Being away uh, due to COVID. And Kyle Long has also been brought in to the team during free agency. But then there's the guy who also started a lot of games last year, uh, Andrew Wiley. Now, when I saw we re-signed him, Tanner texted me that day, you know, <laughs> two or three months ago, whatever it was. <sighs> and I didn't have very many, um, you know, clean words to say about it. But then again, I'm not a big hater on him. I just He's just not my guy to be a starting caliber offensive lineman in the NFL. Um, I do think Kyle Long needs to prove as far as his weight and because he has had time off. I think there's a chance he could fit better at right tackle instead of right guard, but I would like to see Larry Duvernay-Tardif come back and start uh, day one on this team over Kyle Long and let Kyle Long be the backup. Uh, actually, that's exactly what I got. I got the doctor in the house to start right guard. Um, the guy's been now he has a year off. He's healthy. He looks in really great shape as well. And I agree with Kyle Long, but I don't think Kyle Long's going to back him up. I think it's going to be Trey Smith, the rookie, backing him up. Yeah, good point. Trey Smith could be involved as well, absolutely, because yes. he could play both left guard or right guard. Right guard, hell, the guy's yeah. big enough. He could probably even fit I've in seen a some people, you know, some too. people think that Trey Smith could be mature enough to walk in and uh, mm-hmm. be a starter right away. And I, that's a lot to ask for from a sixth round pick. Andy Reid called him a mauler. So, yeah. He is. He's nasty. Oh, my God. He wants to hurt you, basically, and make you cry. So, yeah, I could definitely see him being a backup to right guard, if not overtaking that job, if tar- if uh, the doctor has uh, some struggles. So. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be uh, that'd uh, definitely be a guy to watch. Cut day is going to be very interesting in Chiefs Kingdom oh, my Lord. when we get around to and, uh, training camp. And we know how Veach does, too. Cut day comes, and then you actually lose more players than you think, and he picks up these these guys from other teams, and we're like, why did you pick him up? And then they turn out to be stars. So it's going to be it's gonna be interesting offseason on that one. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a guy right now slated to be the starting right tackle of this team, Mike Rimmers. I, I low-key think Rimmers could be a potential cut candidate, actually. Um, uh, Wiley and Rimmers, I think, are. Yeah, Wiley could be a cut candidate, of course. Um, and even low-key, Duvernay Tardif could be. If he's not producing well in camp, what they see of him, there's a chance he could, you know. When yep. guys take a year off yep. from the game, coaches are eyeballing them close. I mean, they want to see how much have you lost. You know, what are you still in technique? Are you still doing the proper, you know, uh, blocking combinations? And stuff like that, and you still know the playbook. Um, and if something like that slips up, while well, other guys who are you know maybe more hungry uh, can step in there and make something happen, then the coaches will traditionally go towards those guys who paid more attention and see more development with. Where if you're regressing, coaches have more of an idea to want to cut you. And you mm-hmm. know, I'm hoping that's not the case with Duvernay, but I think that Rimmers could be on that kind of scale as far as that kind of thing. Because if it's not Mike Rimmers over there, it's either going to be Lucas Nyang we just talked about, or it could be, like I said, Kyle Long, who's played right tackle in the past. And I think that Kyle Long's weight right now being a little lighter than normal, I think that's something to really factor in to make sure he does maintain his weight. Because whenever he had a year off from football, the guy the guy lost probably, you know, 50, 60 pounds. Yeah, yeah, correct. Um, you know, correct. I, I don't think at that point he realized 
how quickly he would come back maybe or if he'd come back ever again. Well, I think the plan was for him to come back from what he said, but the fact that he was trying to get off that weight that would cause injury, that's been causing injuries to him. Yeah. So he wasn't just getting – he wasn't just losing weight to lose weight. He was losing weight to put himself in a better fit stage. Um, And I think that's what really helped him drive him back to the game, a.k.a. going to the Chiefs. Yep. So my pick for right tackle, you guys, is I mean I, I like I like the idea of Lucas Nying starting at right tackle. Oh man, I I think we got our first disagreement. Uh, I'm going Kyle Lawn will be the starting tack, right tackle on day one for the Chiefs regular season. Uh, not to say Nying won't sneak in at all throughout the season, but I think Kyle Lawn. I think Andy Reid goes probably experience uh, for the moment. And uh, Nain will eventually get worked in uh, probably mid or late late year. So um, I'm going Kyle Long just for the fact that he has some experience and he can play that position the way his body is set up right now. I think he'd be really great at that as well. Yeah, regardless, there should be a top 10 offensive line for the team. So we are all very much excited to see how that plays out. I and don't think just offensive when, line, right? When, when there's an injury that occurs, we're it not going to be as scared as we were before. It should be a fill-in. Next guy yeah. up, and I'm it's truly concerned. a next guy up. It ain't it ain't the scrubs coming in. Next guy up. This is a hey. You you should also be a starter in the league, but you should fill in just fine as well here. Yep. So Tanner, I was also looking at some uh, Pro Football Focus that came out um, as of today, and they released their top thirty-two quarterbacks in the entire NFL. Uh, that's their list. You know, they're using their analytics and their grades and things like that, or whatever. They want to put together as a team. And um, the list started off with Patrick Mahomes, number one on the list, which I think most which people everybody probably agrees should with. say, yes, we agree. Uh, if you don't agree, that's okay, too, because, you know, there's, there's some debate there. You could you could talk a little bit about Rodgers or Brady. Um, that's probably the only two guys you could even bring up um, for that number one. Like, who else would you bring um, up? <laughs> but otherwise, you know, after, after that, I was kind of surprised to see Brady over Rodgers on the list. They went with Mahomes, then they went Brady two, Rogers third, Russell Wilson fourth, and then fifth was Deshaun Watson, sixth was Josh Allen. Um, anything in that top end there that kind of surprised you with their list? Because I think Rogers actually, if you give Aaron Rodgers, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin and Rob Gronkowski, I mean, you're looking at breaking the touchdown record. And Tom Brady did great. Let's yeah. not discount what Tom Brady did. We're just talking about comparing the two players, or I think if Rodgers had what Tom Brady had, Rodgers is a better quarterback, and Rodgers is putting up better numbers. If, 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 right? If, if, if. That's, this isn't what it's about, though. It's that who the, who's the best quarterback with the team right now, really? And Tom Brady, we all know, just won the Super Bowl. We the, can't see the Chiefs, unfortunately. Uh, Tom Brady played an, at an elite status last year, especially through the playoffs and in the Super Bowl as well. The guy... I mean, really, until he bows down, he's going to be the guy. And I think two is a perfect spot for him. I agree with that. I agree with where Aaron Rodgers is. Um, Aaron Rodgers just can't get past that title game in the playoffs. So uh, I, th- I think it stands where it should. I think Tom Brady at two, Aaron Rodgers at three. I am perfectly okay with saying Russell Wilson after that. Uh, no problems on that one. And then I had almost swapped Deshaun and Josh Allen. Because, uh, uh, first off, we don't even know Deshaun's going to play, for God's sake. But I think I think Josh Allen last year proved uh, – well, I guess – I don't know. All right. 
I'm thinking too much political here of if Deshaun starts or not. That's my problem right now. If Deshaun is playing, then I'm fine with it. Five, six. You think Watson really does anything with having no weapons over there, though? Did he do it last year? It's going to make him look bad. Didn't he do that last year? Uh, He led the league in passing last year. In yards? In yards. Uh, He had to. He had no choice but to throw the ball. Yeah, like five, six, whatever it was. And he, like, of course, why wouldn't he be five? I love Watson. I'm not trying to discredit him. I just think that I, I would take Allen over Watson in that situation there. I think Allen's a better quarterback with what he has versus Watson trying that, to – but, but at the same time, if you gave Watson Stephon Diggs, it's a different conversation. Correct. Correct, but yeah. Given what they have, if, I if, think that if. Allen's better for that situation. I, yeah, and that's what I was thinking for, like, even in the scenario that's going on in the Houston right now. It could be ugly, man. The Texans are going to be so bad, and Watson's their only good player at this point. <laughs> it really joke. matters. It's like, a joke. It's going to be scary. I don't think he's going to want to play anyway. All right, so one through six – now, Dak Prescott coming in at seven on their yeah. list. Uh, I think that's a little high, personally. I do like Dak. He's a top-ten quarterback to me. Um, I won't I think put that, him at seven. I think that you know Lamar Jackson could also be involved in there. Um, I thought that Matt Ryan was a little high at number nine because, the, the you know, we call him Matty Ice, but, like, the truth is the guy also screws up just as much as he does, you know, comeback Correct. drives. Correct. And so I'm not real impressed with him. He's 36 years old. Uh, with, he's always had great talent around him. Julio's been there the whole time, and yet, you know, here we are still. It's it's Matt Ryan has had, you know, one truly great MVP season. Obviously, when they went to the Super Bowl, <laughs> but otherwise, the guy's so up and down. And I know personally, being a Matt Ryan fantasy owner year in year out, it seems like I always get stuck with him. Just how frustrating it can be to be a part of Matt Ryan. Yeah, um, yep. I think I think uh, you know Ryan Tannehill at twelve is pretty interesting. I think. Tannehill is a very good quarterback at this point. I think he's matured the right way, as well as being a part of a great run-first offense where that play action, you know, off of Derrick Henry, it's going to help you a lot in the passing game. Um, Derek Carr at 13 and Kirk Cousins at 14. I think both of those are a little too high, personally. I agree. I think that I would put Justin Herbert above them, and he's sitting behind both of them. And then you, you got to, and Carly Murray, I'd put Kyler Murray above both of those guys, too. Mm-hmm. But you got a little boner for <laughs> for Ben Roethlisberger. What? Just because <laughs> Big Ben here is the only reason why. Oh, he's the MVP, Tanner. He's Remember the only that? reason why <laughs> Pittsburgh is even in the talk as winning. If it wasn't for Big Ben, they aren't going to win. You remember last year, Tanner, you said Big Ben at week 11 was the MVP of the NFL season. Well, he was 11-0. Why wouldn't you, oh, at least at God. that point? <laughs> you got to give it to the winning team. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Wins are all that matters. So, Just like Jason says, championships are all that matters. <laughs> so let's let's walk back real quick here. Who's your 7 through 10? Well, my 7 through 10, if, I mean, if I just work You're with... You're 7 through 10. Well, I would I would absolutely rise up uh, without a doubt. I would be putting Herbert actually up there at 7. 8 would then be Kyler Murray for me. And after that, I would fill in with Dak would be number 9. And then my 10 would be Lamar Jackson. All right, interesting, because I would go 7, Lamar, 8, Baker, uh, 9, would definitely be Matthew Stafford, and 10 would be Kyler Murray. I need to see more from Baker, more consistency. You know, The guy's got a ton of talent over there in Cleveland. I just think that it's one of those things where he needs to do you know, better, more consistently. Um, ups and downs is something I have a problem with when it comes to quarterbacks. And hey, you know, I don't want to have hey, those bad games in the next week. You never know what you're going to get. I don't like that kind of play. We're going to see week one exactly what Baker's been up to. So, 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, then, then Matt, Matt Stafford, they have a number 11 with the Rams, which I think is fine to put in there. There's not a problem with that. If you go down the list a little bit as we kind of scroll through, uh, Fitzmagic still is in the top 20. Um, Trevor Lawrence at 21. But, man, dead last was Drew, Drew Locke, Locke for the Broncos. 32 <laughs> overall for pro football focus. They send Drew Locke of the Broncos as the worst starting quarterback in the league. That's pretty rough. I well, mean, it's also I a shame know. because Drew Locke's not going to be the starter. I mean, because Teddy's going to be the starter. Because Teddy's going to be the starter. That's, that's the plan. So, in what your are you eyes. doing? Putting Teddy in 32 or what? Would uh, Teddy go 32 or would you bump yeah, him into like 28? Well, well, I have a problem with this anyway because we have above Drew Locke, we have Jalen Hurts, Zach Wilson, uh, Tua Tagliavoe, which I agree with that, and Sam Darnold. So three of those guys I would actually put underneath Drew Locke because I want to see more from uh, Jalen Hurts. We haven't seen anything from Zach Wilson, and he's on a really shitty team with the Jets. And then at Sam Darnold with the Panthers, I like Sam, but he still has a lot to prove too. Um, I would put you know, Drew Locke more towards 28 right after Cam Newton at 27, and then I would fill in the rest of that with Tua would be in there, obviously. Cause I, I do like Tua. Mm-hmm. I think Tua's the most legitimate of the guys I just named off. But other, after that, I mean, your last one, your your worst starting quarterback, I got to put up Zach Wilson. Because uh, we need to see to... something still of Zach Wilson. I think Jalen Hurts. a bad team. I think Hurts, you know, he won his first game as a starter last year in Philly. And one then and he three. crapped the bed. Yes, yes, he did. <laughs> I would put Hurts at 31. So, I mean, you could, you could switch them out. Eh, I would go yeah, one fair. Either way, you could probably put those two at the very bottom. I, would just, I wouldn't put Drew Locke at the very end. That's just personally not what I would do anyway. I was surprised, too, to see Justin Fields at 25. So, I mean, that means that's how, that tells me Pro Football Focus thinks high, more highly of Justin Fields than they do of Sam Darnold to a Tagliavo or Zach Wilson. Yeah, which is crazy. That's that a fact. lot. That's especially Justin Tua. Fields could just be sitting on the bench. And a, and a Tua Tagliavoa, who was very successful, actually, coming in to replace Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I thought he played very well mm-hmm. at times. I mean, was he, is he a rookie? He was a rookie, yes. So he did have some things that came up. They ended up being a problem. Um, he had 13 turnover-worthy plays last year. That's fine. He's a rookie. He's figuring things out. That's what out, happens. You know. But he also did help the uh, Dolphins, he helped lead the Dolphins into a almost playoff spot. So yeah. uh, the fact that he was able to turn kind of help with that as well, outside uh, of Fitzpatrick sitting on the bench. I don't know. I, I don't like where Tua sitting at 28. I agree with that. I don't think Justin Fields should be on the roster or on the uh, – Bored because you're gonna put you're not gonna put Andy Dalton where Fields is, right? Oh, Andy Dalton. Yeah, he doesn't exist to me. No, you're not gonna and put him there. He's no. probably at 33. Andy and, Dalton was never meant to be a starting quarterback in the league. No, no it's 33 because you're gonna put somebody else's backup at 32, mm-hmm. and then Andy Dalton at 33. Tanner, I was kind of curious looking over our list here, just real quick before we move on. But the Saints, obviously, they got Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill started four games for the team. Um and went three and one during that span. The team did. So I mean, personally, do you want a guy that's a turnover machine like Jameis Winston, Mister Thirty for Thirty himself, thirty touchdowns, thirty picks with the Buccaneers before Tom Brady took over, or would you trust running a system with Taysom Hill as a quarterback? I want you to eat this W. I want you to eat this W, baby, because the guy got eye correction surgery, and it's time for Jameis Winston to make his comeback. I'm going Jameis. I'd go Jameis uh, all day on this one. 
Yeah, I mean, one thing for sure, the Saints offense did rank 31st in deep pass attempts last season, only 38 all year long between Drew Brees and Taysom Hill. So, no, they weren't throwing the ball downfield whatsoever. Whereas Jameis Winston, that seems to be what he loves to do the most. Mm-hmm. That's part of why he throws some interceptions, too, is that he does throw downfield. Uh, that'll be something to really watch in the evolution of the, the Saints offense uh, post-Drew Brees and it's going to be frustrating, you guys. Uh, if, out there, if, you're Saint, if you're a Saints fan, <laughs> you're going to get pissed off. You're going to have a rough, you know, probably this year, probably next year, just quarterback play-wise, and it's not going to be pretty. Uh, obviously, I think the Buccaneers still run that division for at least one more year with Tom. Um, so the Saints are not going to go, you know, trying to win the NFC South by any means. Um, but, you know, I still think that that's a interesting battle to watch, how that plays out between Taysom Hill and... Jameis Winston. I, yeah. I'm personally rooting for Taysom Hill, as you know. I'm a big Taysom Hill fan. You are a big awesome, Taysom Hill guy. But, uh, you know, that remains to be seen how things play out over there. So, <laughs> two months from now, we have much more to discuss when it comes to these battles on the field. Um, so, Tanner, uh, we have something else, one more thing we want to talk about before we wrap up our show today. And that is, we have the NBA playoffs, obviously. The plan tourney is still involved here. Uh, we have a lot to talk about as far as the teams who are going to be in versus out and what it means to have a loss because Correct. that's something I'm still trying to figure out from you. You, you tried to tell me I, a little bit earlier. Even I'm a little confused. you got to explain I, something I, to the I people. I think I've gotten it down finally after seeing it actually in play. So in NBA play on tournament, uh, tourney started uh, yesterday, Tuesday, uh, and the Celtics actually clinched the seventh seed by beating the Wizards. And Celtics will uh, move on to play the New Jersey Nets, who are the two seed uh, in the East. So that'll be an interesting matchup there. Jason Tatum uh, with 50 points for the Celtics to push him over the edge there. It's about time the guy stepped up, as long as Kimba Walker with 29 points yesterday. Uh, Russell Westbrook did have a 20 and 14, 20 points and 14 boards. And Bradley Beal also with 22 points and six assists. So those guys are playing well, but they will go up against uh, the winner of the Pacers and Hornets. And the Pacers beat the Hornets soundedly, may I say, 144 to 117. O'Shea Brissett led the charge for the Pacers with 23 points and the uh, Sabonis with 21 boards as well. Uh, so that was actually a pretty impressive beatdown. Pacers have also kind of caught fire towards the end of the season. So Pacers, Wizards, who will win the eight seed? I believe the Pacers have bigger size and they're more well-rounded as a team. And I think the Pacers beat the Wizards, move into the eighth spot, uh, where they will take on the Philadelphia 76ers in the East. So, that's, I mean, that's going to be an interesting matchup there. Do you have any – I mean, you picked the Celtics – First off, mm-hmm. to win the seven seed spot, yeah. and you got it right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I, I like that. You. I like that. I mean, what about the other side? I picked uh, the Well, why the, the other side here? Well, yeah, the Nets. I mean, that's who they face. So okay. the Nets are two seed in the, in the playoff because they mm-hmm. can't play together, right? Yeah. But I think between the Pacers and Wizards, uh, 76ers won't have a hard time with either team as they just aren't that great. But I think they'll have more trouble with the Pacers than they will the Wizards. A lot of times, like, when it, questions like this come up, Tanner, like, I kind of re- go back to, like, the team that has a better foundation. And I kind of relate that mm-hmm. to all sports at times because a lot of times you'll see a game that, you know, maybe a team's down this year more than usual because we all know the Celtics are well-known for winning. You know, historically, they've been a very successful organization. Um, and I think the in the situations when it comes to, a team that has a better foundation versus the others, 
in big games or games that matter, I think that's when it's 50-50 coin flip, I just go with the one that has a better history. Like, you know, if it came down, that's, like, normally I'd go with the Spurs, you know? Yeah. In most cases, I'd go with the Spurs to, you know, go out and win a situation like that because obviously they are the winningest uh, team in, like, all of sports history, basically. So Correct. Maybe it was, I don't know, maybe the Yankees might be higher. Probably not anymore, but... Um, that's kind of where I come from, though, as far as picking the Celtics in that situation. Yeah, but, but there's been so much drama with the Celtics this year. Uh, they talked about firing their coach. Their coach was talking about accepting the deal in college, and nothing happened. Uh, whether that is organizational stability that finally came, but I don't think that's the case. So we're going to see exactly how that goes off season. But Celtics did pass as exactly how they should. Um, they probably should have been a higher seed, but hey, that's the year it is. Do you think that these playing games matter, though? You think that the it makes any difference whatsoever in the grand scheme of things, or is it just a way for them to get more games in for the fans? I think it's more ways to get the games in for the fans. When's the last time, Tanner, you tell me, and the people out there, when's the last time an NBA team who was a 7 or an 8 seed went out and made it to the finals? I can't recall that. So I'd have to look that one up, man. Sure, it's been a while. I mean, normally with the NBA, it can be very top-heavy. It's it like those, those top four teams are normally – the top dogs and correct you're not going to be able to beat them especially in a series i mean in one game sure but not in a series this is not going to happen you know correct so so on the other side right so mm-hmm. we'll jump on the other side mm-hmm. so currently right now memphis grizzlies and san antonio spurs jason's spurs right are playing a chance for the eight seed uh playing game uh right now they're 13 seconds left in the fourth, and Memphis is up 98-93 on the Spurs. So it looks like Memphis is going to go ahead and go on to the next game to play in for that eight seed, which is no surprise with John Morant and everything mm-hmm. going on. Uh, let's just click real quick here. We'll get a quick break. Yeah, and when when is the seven and eight Tanner with the? That'll Lakers be Friday's game. Friday's or sorry, the Lakers Golden State play after this uh, today, but Friday will be the eighth or the play-in game for the eighth seed. Uh, so DeRozan only had – or DeRozan had 20 points. Uh, not too bad for the Spurs leading that charge. And then <laughs> – really? Valenusians, uh the center for the Grizzlies, with 21 points and 21 boards. Talk about going off. And John Morant with 19 points as well. So – uh, definitely a Grizzlies win, and so they'll start. Uh, they'll play on Friday, guys. They'll play the loser of the Golden State Warriors and Los Angeles Lakers, which is actually a pretty big key matchup right now. Yeah, I like that game actually. I mean, I, obviously, I know you you like the Lakers, and uh, I like the Warriors, and all that kind of stuff. And you know, we, we can talk about Steph Curry at some point down the road again, and the way he you know finished off with the leading the league in points scored, which is not a surprise. Correct, correct. So, yep, scoring title for Steph Curry. How many has he had? How many scoring titles at this point? I thought he just had the one. It seems like he should have more than that. Like, the guy is, you know, probably the most natural shooter. Uh, he's about as natural that as, as Patrick Mahomes is throwing the deep ball. Yeah, so, actually, I mean, yeah. it's very similar <laughs> like that. So, I, I just, I, I think that's, that's Steph's a fair pretty point awesome right as far as when it comes to from downtown shots, you know. I mean, he's double teamed at the time when he shoots, too. So, that's mm-hmm. a whole nother you know, factor into it. That Especially the guy, like, I mean, if you look at his stature and his body size, like, he doesn't have the broadest shoulders. He's not the small most, guy. most muscular. I mean, he, he looks small. Uh, he's actually, he's bigger, he's bigger than he looks. He looks small, but 
Um, still the, just an amazing outside perimeter shooter, but Correct. that's why I got to go. You know, Warriors got to win that game to me. Well, I mean, if you look at it too, Los Angeles has been injured for what the last month, month and a half now, and they haven't really played together. They kind of lost a lot of steam as well. Obviously, their backups aren't any good, or else they wouldn't be in this playoff game or playing game. Uh, so I mean, now that they're all back together, they're healthy. Andre Drummond and uh, Davis and LeBron are all playing together. Obviously, they got more size. They got more playmakers than the Warriors. But Golden State's also on a six-game win streak, guys. Steph Curry just won the scoring title. So you got to believe that Golden State's going to pull this off. They're just too, they're just too much on fire. Mm-hmm. Now, they will need the likes of Andrew Wiggins to step up because that guy needs to do something big for here, right here. Right here. Who is and, Andrew Wiggins, Tanner? What is this guy? Oh, he's a former Jayhawk. I wasn't much of a fan with of him, but I do enjoy the fact that he was a Jayhawk. He came from the Timberwolves. Um, mm-hmm. He, you know, he he's a good player. He's a good player. He's, he's not panned Jason out says. quite. I think he's not. He was supposed to be the next big LeBron. Essentially, yeah, that didn't happen at all. So Embiid has turned out well. Embiid, besides the injuries, does. he's done well. So I think I think if you get Wiggins to step up, uh, Golden State will definitely pull this off. So uh, this game will play for the seventh seed in the West. And this is to play against the Phoenix Suns. So whoever wins mm-hmm. this game tonight will play against the Phoenix Suns. The loser goes on to Friday, faces the Memphis Grizzlies, and the winner of that game will go on and play the Utah Jazz on Sunday. I like the Suns. I don't know why, but like I feel like I'm a, I'm a believer in the Suns. Like I think they're going to continue to do well. I think whoever they end up playing between the Lakers and Warriors, I'm going to pick the Suns to win. Uh, I think Warriors give them a better fight. I think the Warriors do beat the Lakers, and then the Warriors go against the Suns. And I just think in the end the Suns win that because I, I feel like that's like an underrated team. Like People just yeah. keep overlooking them. I'm interested to see if this actually comes true, too, on the Golden State-Lakers game, you know, when this comes out on Thursday. So uh, it's, it's going to be kind of interesting. But on our next show, we'll be in the middle of the playoff series happening. So we should know kind of know exactly where a lot of these teams are. So yeah. we should be about two, I believe it's almost three games deep by the time we start next Wednesday. And yeah, we're going to need Jason JG to break it down for us next week yeah, when it we, comes to the if NBA. We can't, if we can't get him in the studio, at least we can get him maybe on the phone or something. So I was pretty disappointed last week when he told me, though, that the NBA is going to go on until sometime in July. July. Right, pretty much up to training camp. Yeah, he said he said that, and so basically, as soon as basketball's <laughs> over, football starts, which is great. But like, I like my break in between there. Like, hey, normally the NBA ends in the middle of June. For those for those people that love playoff basketball, it's your time, baby. It's your time. Let's enjoy it because I love playoff basketball. I'm not, I you know, I'll watch it. I like March season. Madness. We I mean, we talked about that. I mean, quite this a bit is what it is. Time. It's basically March Madness in NBA because but except for it's just more games and longer series. Yes, that's my problem with that. That's your issue. I want to cut those society. nine games down. We don't we don't need a five-game series. <laughs> you know, we could do a three-game series. I'm cool with that. But you don't need a five games. You're just prolonging the process. The better team will win, you know, two out of three, and then you move on. You know, five-game series is just unnecessary. And then, you know, you get to the finals, and it's a seven-game series. And it's like, come on, man. Let's just get the <laughs> damn done deal done and move on with the whole thing. Like, I feel the same thing about... You know, baseball. You know, although in baseball, of course, they Playoff, play yep. three game series up until the so world the wild series. card, and then you got the wild card's a one game, right? And mm-hmm. then the next series is a three, and yeah. then you got the five and seven, I believe. After that, I think that's better. I think that's a better way so to do it. So it's more condensed. It's not as long. 
Yeah, I don't want every damn series to be five games. Like, it's just crazy. baseball does play outside versus NBA. They play indoors. So, NBA don't care. No, NBA wants money. It's either as many games as possible, get your ass on the court, and shoot the ball through the hoop. So, that's what the NBA wants. Hey, it's some exciting time, Mike. That's all I'm going to say. Enjoy it. Watch some of it because I think you'll I think you'll like a hey, little bit of playoffs. You know what's also NHL playoffs too, Tanner. It is. It is. Uh, I got uh, some Minnesota yeah. friends. Maybe I'll have something to talk about next Minnesota week. Minnesota and Vegas are playing each other in the and playoffs currently. I've been enjoying NASCAR quite a bit. Um, you know, lots. We've had a lot of different winners throughout the year so far in the NASCAR season. And Truex Jr. still has three on the season. Uh, he he did not finish well last week. Only finished I think twentieth on that one, which was like his worst race of the whole year, which is That's crazy. crazy. But because he normally finishes, you know, top ten. Um, I've I've been looking into a lot of this is random, but Danica Patrick old highlights. Yeah, she sucked ass. Like that girl was a shitty driver. Like she fits the narrative of, she was of a bad woman driver. So you much, know? so much. She I don't know why. Because did you did you realize this, Tanner? I looked in the stats today. Danica she, Patrick never finished top ten. No, ever. she never did. She ever. she raced for six years in NASCAR in the Cup Series. Never finished top ten. Never once finished top ten. And in all of that. She wrecked 47% of races. 47% of races, she had a wreck. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you suck ass, Danica. <laughs> Not only that, like, she caused some serious accidents that were unnecessary. And yep. She's also, uh, you know, very self-centered and entitled at times with some of her she interviews. She wasn't liked very well upon the NASCAR uh, no, community at, at all. At the time, you know, back then when she was racing, I didn't know any different. Like, I didn't care about NASCAR. But now that I've been watching it every single weekend... I'm starting to get more into you're, you're it. You're kind of looking back. Looking see back some at stuff. things, yes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I wanted to know, like, what, Which was is all, fair. what was all this Danica Patrick praise or, you know, craze that was going on? Like, I knew nothing about her other than she dated Aaron Rodgers for a few years. And, yeah, That's all that, I knew. That was a disaster. And so I started looking back at Danica. I'm like, why do people like her or talk about her? Why was she in commercials? I'm like, oh, well, because she was a woman in NASCAR. I mean, because otherwise, her actual performance <laughs> on the track was horrible. And, uh, yeah, anyways, I've, I've learned that over the last couple of weeks, and I've been digging into some Danica stuff. But, guys, different topic, different day. We'll, I'll talk more NASCAR at some point. We'll get another round of NASCAR coming in sometime. Yeah, we'll, we'll, have something, we'll have something special down the road, actually, with NASCAR, but that'll be a matter of time. So, those of you out there, if anyone cares about NASCAR, then we do have something. We have a special guest that will eventually come on our show and have something to talk about. So Yes, yes. Well, Tanner, do you have any final words for the people? Man, just drop us a like, drop us a comment, guys. You know, yeah, tell that's us all, we're that's stupid. all I really want. You know, tell us our NBA yeah. takes or tell garbage us trash. trash. I'm, I'm up for it too. You know, tell us that we don't have enough subscribers, and tell us, you know, all the kinds of stuff. <laughs> like what else that. did they guys say? <laughs> tell, tell us that you know our cryptocurrency selections were were moronic for that because we're not, we shouldn't even be involved in crypto because you know that's just stupid and it's a Ponzi scheme. So tell us all the things, all the hot takes, whatever it is in your feelings that you want to get out. We want to hear it so that way we can not give a shit. So uh, with that said, uh, thank you guys for following along. I appreciate all you out there that are listening on Spotify or checking us out on YouTube right now. Um, Wherever you're listening on. Yep. Um, So with that said, I will see you guys on the next one. See you guys.